What is going on guys? Welcome back to another video from Mr. Gray's Talk Room. I am your host Christian Gray. Today we're going to be talking about you getting ghosted after sex. I know this seems a little bit awkward. Like a guy who gets ghosted after sex, it really doesn't make a difference. But some guys who get ghosted after sex constantly, there's a lot of premised issues that were never addressed or you just overlooked them and then after you did the down and dirty she just stopped texting some of it's going to be her fault but if you're getting ghosted after sex consistently there is a way to eradicate that and i'm going to show you the most common mistakes you're making in the bedroom so you can fix that and make her lust after your sex pistol your love gun But before we do that, we do need to discuss about taking care of your boys. Now, I've talked about this before. I just want to make sure I get this addressed. If you do not have a Manscaper, this is not a sponsored video. If you don't have a Manscaper, you need to get one. I use this sacrilegiously. Like no, nothing's going to stop me from not using not using a Manscaper. I've used this on my arms, I use this on my legs, armpits, chest hair, happy trail, my boys, groin area, down there, in between, the gooch, down and back. I use this because one, I am a hairy Mexican. I know that's a lot of TMI. I don't give a shit. I have acknowledged I am a hairy Mexican. And when you sweat, the sweat sticks to the hair. That's what causes it to stink. So the less hair that you have, the less time or the less stink or less body odor you're going to have. Now, some people do already have a musty smell, but if you wanna reduce that as much as possible, I highly recommend you get a Manscaper. You can take off, this is actually the ball guard, I wanna say, yeah, it's the ball guard. And you take this off, trim everything the way you need to trim, but the minute you get to your precious jewels, your family jewels, put on the ball guard, slide it right in there, and you're not going to nick your boys. And I assure you, for anybody who's ever nicked their boys, if you are still using razors to shave them and you nicked your boys, it is very, very fucking irritating and can be very painful. So definitely get a Manscaper. I'm going to keep this down attached as an Amazon affiliate link. No cost to you. I'm not sponsored in any way, shape, or form. I'm just advocating something I truly believe in. So moving on from there. Let's go ahead and discuss the four most common bedroom mistakes you're making that's turning the sex you give to your woman awkward or women, doesn't matter. The first one that we're gonna talk about is if you busted too quick. If you're busting too quick or you can't keep it up, there's a lot of things that we have to discuss. I know we've talked about it in the past. We're gonna dive a little bit further into it. The second reason, if you're quiet as a mouse or if you're loud as an ox, again, you have to do something, say something, moan, groan, grunt, whatever. Third thing is you left out aftercare. Aftercare is not something I'm too concerned about because if it's a one night stand, get in, get out, get off. Or get in, get off, get out. 
And then the last one is going to be you didn't insert your dominance. Now, that one is really going to play a big factor because all you virgins out there who are listening to this shit, you have no clue on how to satisfy a woman because you're still a fucking virgin and you just watch a lot of porn. So, I'm going to kind of give you an idea of where to go from here. So, all you crypto nerds out here who are busting quick, can't keep it up because you can't get laid. You may have a shitload of money, but you can't get laid or you have to pay for it. Motherfucker, if you want to be able to satisfy a woman, keep her, have her lust after your love gun, your sex pistol, it's the way to fucking do it. So, listen up. Premature ejaculation or busting too quick. At least 30 to 40% of men, if you just go off in any, go in any target, any establishment, just count one in five men. One of those men is having problems in the bedroom, if not two. So it's a very common thing, so you're not alone. But premature ejaculation, we have to go into the anatomy and physiology of your love gun, your snuggle sausage. Now, when it comes to the physiology of your penis, you have to put in perspective that being circumcised and uncircumcised, it really does make a difference. Now, if you're uncircumcised, that foreskin that's over your shaft that actually has a lot of nerve endings. So you're actually gonna get a lot of pleasure versus somebody who's uncircumcised. If you're uncircumcised, you may feel uh, the, 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 the capacity of, it feels like something's missing, like something should be there if you're uncircumcised. Right underneath the shaft, if this is your boy, right underneath the shaft, that is, that is the most sense, that is the most sensitive part to stimulate during sex. So, let me put you in perspective. If you, uncircumcised or uncircumcised, have your dick and you put it into a woman, that first half an inch that you insert into your woman, that is your most sensitive part right underneath the shaft right underneath the head of your penis like that if you were to just stroke that little itty bitty area you will realize how quick you bust now some men are more sensitive than others we know that so you're either going to be more sensitive by the shaft or you're more sensitive at the tip or all the way around so let's we'll discuss about positions and how to do that but now that you know the anatomy of the penis we need to discuss your premature ejaculation that has nothing to do with your dick in of itself. So there's a physiological aspect and the psycho psychological aspect. If you are overweight, you're dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of cortisol in your blood, meaning you're pretty much in a flight or fight mode and you're having panic attacks and anxiety attacks on a daily basis, you're eating like shit, so you're eating out, so you have a lot of greasy foods, a lot of fatty stuff in your system. You are drinking, so you're drinking beer that's lowering your testosterone levels. Those are the things that you need to put into consideration. And that is what's gonna be causing you to bust quick, or not even get it up, because you just have 
very shit poor testosterone levels. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I think it's very important for you to understand. When I was in my heaviest, I was about 265 pounds. I went from like 225 or about 220, 225, but I was solid. I was very lean. And I went to 265 in three months. That's literally like 15 pounds a month that I gained. I stopped working out. I started eating like shit every day. I was drinking every day. Wine, beer, liquor, all the mixers, all the mixed drinks, all that shit. Fast food. The submissive that I was with at the time saw that my stamina dropped. And I mean my sexual stamina, my libido went to shit. I could go 30 to 45 minutes on any given day. 15 minutes if I really need to get in, get uh, get in get off and get out but somehow some way i let so much body fat hang on to my body that i was busting in minutes or seconds like i i remember just having like i was literally trying to foreplay so much just so i did not have to penetrate her because i knew the minute that i'm in her that i'm going to bust very quickly and it happened and that took a turn for the worse. She ended up leaving me for somebody else, of course. That's what happens if you don't sexually satisfy your woman. She's going to find another dick to hop on. Fine, whatever. She was also a 304, so I can't really blame her other than blame myself. And, you know, don't mess with 304s. So, after that moment, I did have to lose a whole bunch of weight. Did have to get my shit into shit together. And now, I'm back in my prime, my sexual prime. So, definitely look at your diet. Definitely look at your fitness. Definitely look at your philosophy. And once you get those three things taken care of, then we can go into the anatomy and physiology of yourself. Now, I will say this. If you're an athlete, like if you're a linebacker or a power lifter or a bodybuilder, anybody who has to deal with a lot of pressure and strength in your hips and generally a lot of guys suffer uh from very tight hips because you're deadlifting you're squatting you're power cleaning if you have very tight hips there is a muscle imbalance in there there's also uh, so with that muscle imbalances you're probably going to be compensating for one side or, or the other i will tell you this if you want if you don't have one already get a chiropractor because that's going to allow you to at least adjust your spine in the way it needs to be. So at least that way you can start stretching your hips and enhance the stability and mobility in your hips. Most of the time it's not stability issues. It's mobility. Hips are so tight that you really can't cross your feet, your legs over one another. So that could be another leading issue to you and your premature ejaculation is because there's that muscle imbalance that muscle mobility issues hip mobility issues that are causing you to premature ejaculate because your muscles are just so tight and it's just contracting because when you bust when you ejaculate it's just a contraction that's all it is that's why after you contract when you flex and you relax that's why your boy just flops down so put that into perspective on how your love gun works now moving from there because we need to know what are some fixes that we can use 
right now as of today the next time that you're gonna you're gonna snuggle with uh, your woman what can we do with her now we have talked about expanding your foreplay because it's gonna buy you some time and sometimes you just bust quick because you gotta bust quick you probably had blue balls you're like fuck it whatever and most of the time men can't bust and then get as hard as they should but let's say you already know yourself and you know you're gonna bust you expand your foreplay you take your time whatever there are three positions that you're going to try and this is the art of Kama Sutra and I again Kama Sutra is the secrets of erotic pleasure. I assure you this. If every man should have a copy of this in their library. I don't care what anybody says. You can have all the romance novels that you want. We're going to discuss later about dirty talk and how to actually say or do something in the bedroom when you're going at it. But Kama Sutra, the art of erotic pleasure... Every man should have that because you need to know stuff that is not porn related. Many men watch porn and they think they can pile drive, put a woman on the base of her neck and just pile drive her at the edge of the sofa. It's very highly unlikely unless the woman is an exhibitionist or she's a 304, slut, slut, whatever. But for the average woman who you've probably been married however long, been in a relationship however long, you do have to put in perspective that things can be very monotonous. Missionary, doggy style. Um, I really don't know. So I know I just I just know those two off the top of my head. I could go off other positions like there's froggy style, there's a lotus position, there's a seesaw, there's a T position, there's a side T, there's 69, there's standing 69. I could go off top of top, but most of the time, every time I think of somebody who's not sexually competent like I am I just literally think missionary and doggy style three positions that you can use to hold it in before you actually have to bust at least give yourself six minutes at least so and I think it's important for you to understand this the two positions if I put myself in this position with a woman is if she's doggy style, so if she's on her legs and knees or whatever, if I have her flat on her stomach, and so when I enter her, I am entering her from the back, it's, you could call it uh, lazy doggy or froggy style, what happens is, is I'm actually hitting right there, the base of my tip is hitting right at her G-SOP based on the angle itself. So doggy style, you hit it, almost horizontally but when you go froggy style it's at an angle so i'm literally just kind of doing this downward angled motion right into her g-spot and because it's stimulating the tip of my penis the head of my penis right there on the other side where, where most nerve endings are it makes me bust very quick the same goes for the spooning position if i'm on her side and I'm coming at an angle. The same thing is is hitting here. She's on her side and I'm hitting the angle from her side as I'm laying in. That's the same concept because the, the tip of my penis is literally hitting her G-spot. Those two positions, if I ever have a woman 
put in that position and I do that shit for two, three minutes, I'm busting. Like there's no, cause I'm hitting the most sensitive parts of my sex pistol. Now with that being said, these three positions, they're gonna be a lot more, I would say erotic, but they're gonna be a lot more, it's gonna allow you to develop intimacy and connection more than just the missionary. And it's also gonna be in an angle where you're not penetrating a woman back and forth the same you would doggy style or the same you would missionary. It's gonna be a lot of grinding back and forth. So it's just a lot of shifting and straddling. It's kind of like a like a like a seesaw almost. You're just kind of straddling back and forth. There's not going to be a lot of penetrating. It's going to be a gentle slow pace. And if you bust very quick, it's going to allow you to buy time while you're actually penetrating a woman. But you're not going to be actually penetrating her you're going to be straddling and stroking the shaft slowly now the first position is going to be the lotus position and like we discussed about people who have hip mobility issues if you can't put yourself in the indian position you need a stretch because i guarantee you if you stretch out those those hip flexors and your quads and your hamstrings to be able to put yourself in the Indian position, I guarantee it's going to allow you to not have that premature ejaculation issue. But if you're in the lotus position, and the lotus position is I sit down Indian style, don't cross your feet, and then I simply get my woman and put her at the base of my boys. That is the lotus position. From here, what it allows you to do is if you're in this Indian position, she's straddling over your hips, you can pull her hair, you can definitely kiss her neck, base here, you can tease her nipples, suck, bite, do whatever you want, but it's a very intimate position. So the lotus position will buy you time because essentially what you're doing is when you have her sit on your boy, her clit is gonna be pretty much stimulated by your groin. However, the vaginal canal, it's just gonna be stroking the shaft in a very slow, sensual way. So you're not gonna be physically penetrating her. There's just no possible way. So it's a slow stroke in terms of sensation. From there, it's gonna allow you to develop, again, intimacy, connection, whatever it is that you wanna do, but it's gonna buy you time. Now, with that being said, the second position, and we're gonna use a lotus position as a first base position. The second position is going to be, how would we explain it? The seesaw. Now, the seesaw is exactly like the lotus position, but the only difference is if you have a headboard, if you have a headboard, and this is just, um, a pillow that I can use to put against my wall, whatever. All you're going to do is if you have a headboard, if you have any way to be able to recline back, you put this in the back. You're still in the lotus position, so you're here. And all you do is you slow down. And what this allows you to do is change the angle so it's much more direct. 
However, what she's going to do, you grab her hands, she grabs your hands, and then you can go ahead and straddle back and forth. It's a modified lotus position. <clears throat> and again, you're not going to be penetrating her like going in and out, back and forth. And then the last one is going to be the leg raiser. The leg raiser is exactly like the seesaw. The only difference is instead of her legs being on your hips or at the side of your hips, you're going to put one leg over your shoulder and it's just going to change the angle a little bit. And like we discussed in the past, being able to satisfy your woman, all it is is about exploring angles. If you're not gifted with a seven inch dick or eight inch or nine inch or whatever the fuck it is, it's all about exploring angles. And then of course, reading your woman's body language to see what she does or does not like. Now with all that being said, to condense the three new positions that you're gonna try to be able to last longer, it's gonna be the lotus position, it's gonna be the seesaw position, and it's gonna be the leg raiser. All of those, again, one's gonna be in an Indian position, straight up, the second one's gonna be in a recline, and then the other one is gonna be where your woman has her leg over your shoulder, or both, doesn't matter. At that point, you can go ahead and just straddle, swing back and forth, something that you can do very easily, very quick. And that should buy you at least six minutes because you are not, you're not trying to overcompensate for pace. It's a very gentle, nice, slow, sensual way to build intimacy and connection and buy yourself time. So if it takes you three, two, three, four minutes for play of eating her out and turning her on, and then another three, four, five minutes in these various positions, if you want to include doggy or uh, missionary, it's all up to you. You're buying yourself time. So these are very good positions to try for a short-term fix. But again, if you're having premature ejaculation in the long run, you definitely want to get that taken care of. Now, the second reason why you're getting ghosted is because you're making it awkward by not saying or expressing any kind of emotion. And... I used to, in the beginning, be self-conscious of what I sounded like when I'm doing the down and dirty. And then I remember there was, I think it was one, two, I think it was my, th no, it wasn't, it wasn't my second. I think it was the, the woman who taught me everything that I know. She called me out and says like, do you even enjoy fucking me? And I tripped the fuck out and I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I, it's like. I'm having sex with a puppet. I have no clue if you like it, if you hate it. You're just there fucking me, but I hear nothing. And for those of you who don't know, I am not much of a mouth breather. I am a nose breather because breathing through the nose allows me to control my oxygen and not get winded. And a lot of people who breathe in through the mouth get winded when they're like going at it doggy style. And I remember we're having this discussion and I pretty much said, I'm like, I don't know what you want me to say. She's like, well, say something, anything, do anything, groan, say I feel good. Say you love this pussy, say this pussy is mine. She wanted me to say something to her while I'm fucking her. And I'm, I just remember thinking to, to my mind, I'm like, okay, 
So, one of the tricks that I learned was in terms of dirty talk or even being able to talk shit, and they kind of correlate together because I, I just was never good at both. I remember watching Comedy Central shows as a teenager, and I would hear these comedians or these hosts just talk random shit on these stand-up specials to hecklers and all that stuff. And so I just started writing stuff down based on what they told me. Reciprocity. And so I'm thinking to myself, how do I, how do I talk shit? You know, how do I dirty talk? How do I do something? I'm, I'm thinking to myself, all right, so what, and, and the same thing goes with day game or when women give you shit tests and shit like that. What I did was I would write like 10 things off the top of my head of what I could tell someone if they tell me X, Y, Z. So let me use an example. I was actually telling this to my best friend the other day. So I remember when I was in college, my best friend Maurice had this girl that he was dating. dating. Her name was Cirilla. And she was cute. She was petite. She was a little bit batshit crazy. But she had braces at the time. And she was so petite. And I've dated petite women who have, you know, single Ds. And I've dated women who are petite who have fucking A cups. So it makes no difference. And I've dated women who have fucking huge old EFG tits. Makes no difference. And I remember she was talking shit to me because when I was in college, I had acne. I had cystic acne. It was so bad. And she said, oh, yeah, like your acne so fucked up. You have craters from the moon or some shit like that. I don't remember what the fuck she said. And I said, oh, yeah, Cirilla, your chest is so flat. I can iron my clothes on your chest. And my best friend Maurice came into the room and I'm like, hey, Maurice, are you done with your laundry? Because he was just finishing drying his clothes. He says, yeah, why? And I'm like, good. So now you can lay her on the bed and iron your clothes on her chest. And she was pissed, looked at him, looked at me. She's saying, are you going to tell him anything? And he said, I love him to this day. He said, I told you not to talk shit to him. But no, you had to fucking do it. Maurice, fucking love you, but that was a fucking story. So what I did was, and you, the way how that little story, that tangent applies to Dirty Talk, the way talk shit and all that stuff, is I want you to physically get a journal and write down some dirty shit that you want to tell your woman. Say something. Say anything. And, of course, you're going to look at it. You'll be like, no, I that doesn't seem quite right. And I'll tell you this. The easiest way... Using that exercise, a journal exercise, and just write down 10, 25, 50 things. And you could do this as a daily thing. You know, just spend a minute, two minutes. What are some dirty things that I could say to my woman? Do that for like a week, and you're going to have 50, 60 things. And out of those 60 things, there'll probably be like 11 or 12 or maybe five. But then you have the solid five things that you can say. If you want to get better at dirty talk by describing to her what is physically and psychologically and physiologically, physiolo eh, eh, whatever the fuck, psychologically and physiologically, eh, I can't even fucking say, whatever is currently going on in the bedroom at that given time while you, you are using your cum gun, 
that is dirty talk and the way to do that is to read romance novels now this novel is actually i haven't i'm working to read this novel because i read the first novel which was thoughtless and this is written by a woman sc stevens i read thoughtless now i'm reading thoughtful so it's in the guy's perspective if you want to get really good at dirty talk read romance novels and i'm gonna read a little excerpt here and if First off, if you don't get hard just hearing this, there's a problem. But second, the way I am describing or the way this author is describing this man describing what's physically going on in the bedroom at the time while he's sexing this woman, that's what you need to do with yours. So check it out. I flipped her over to her back, then pushed myself into her. The sensation of filling her blew me away. We were staring at each other with our mouths open, breaths in a pant, and she was cupping my face and stroking her thumb across my cheek. I'd never felt so, I've never felt such warmth during sex. It was only when I started to move my hips that I realized I hadn't put on a condom. My cardinal rule, and I'd just broken it. I considered stopping and putting, on, putting one on, but Kira whispered her name with such adoration that I couldn't. We were finally free, and I didn't want anything between us ever again. She was mine, and I wanted to leave a part of myself with her. We moved together so seamlessly that it was like our thousandth time, not our first. As the sensations rocketed through my body, I hope this was the first of a thousand times. I hoped it never ended. Our movements were slow at first, but more pleasure than purpose. Then Kira pulled at my hips murmuring more i sped up feeling the intensity build as i did i couldn't contain the noises coming from my mouth i'd never felt anything so good kira seemed equally overwhelmed her soft noises were more stimulating than any of the screamers i'd betted they could have learned a thing or two from her so if you're not if you don't have a chub right now there's a fucking problem with you but exactly exactly what this book is saying what you could describe to her coming from a book this is literally something that Hughes in the bedroom right now you can tell her i feel my i feel my climax coming right tell her hey she's about to bust the time that you tell a woman you're about to bust she's gonna come like no other a woman gets turned on when a man tells her right before Y'all are about to bust an orgasm and it and because she wants y'all to come together. I know it seems so cinematic. I know it seems something like you see in the movies. They want that shit to happen. If there's one thing you can get, they want to you want to come together with your woman and that is going to leave a fucking mouth watering orgasm to her. So what you can also say using from the from the book here. I never felt anything this good. Very simple. I've never felt anything this good. A woman will take that in the compliment. And she could be a fucking hoe. She could be a slut. That's fine. You could lie to the bitch. I never felt anything this good. But those types of things, I've never felt anything this good. I'm about to climax. Coming in and out of you is turning me on. I love the way your skin feels on mine. I can feel your pussy tightening up every time I come in and out of you. 
every time I make you come, your curls toe, and it turns me on even more. That type of shit is what you could tell a woman. Because most guys, when they dirty talk, it's literally, it's, it's so fucking corny, but they're literally like, oh, you like this, you fucking bitch, you dirty slut. This is not to say you can't say that. But it just, it's so fucking corny. It's almost as if like, it's like that scene in Trainwrecked with John Cena and Amy Schumer. That scene is awkward as fuck. So I guarantee you that's the sex that you have. But if you can describe what you're feeling with her, it's going to allow you to not make the sex awkward. And I have another segment that you can talk about, Dirty Talk, but I wanted to give you something from the guy's perspective of stuff that you can do. Read a romance novel. Uh, if you want an easy one, there's The Billionaire's Desire. That's a very simple, short, uh, independent book. I, I read that one. That one's really interesting. Um, that one's really good. It probably will take you like two days to finish it. It's not that long. But again, you have to say something. And one of the things that you also need to describe is, you know, how wet she is. A woman gets more turned on when you describe how wet she is. A woman also gets more turned on when you are actually enjoying it. So if you do a little grunt, let's say you're hitting it from the back. And one of the things that I do kind of as as a tease i will go two three minutes doggy style hit it from the back cool and then i will pull out and i will be like holy shit oh my god and i'll just wait and she's like what's going on and i'm like i was about to bust and i was like it just felt so good that i i just i couldn't right now they're gonna be like oh my god like you really did not come because you, and they're thinking in their mind, because you enjoy it that much that you don't want to come yet, it'll even make them even more wet. But you have to say something. Groan, moan. If anything, if you don't even want to do any dirty talk, if you're not ready to do dirty talk, groan, moan, say it feels good, you enjoy being inside her. Just simple stuff, right? That is just, do something. I can't, I can't plead that. Like some of you guys are just like, just mouth breathers like, it's like, it's not a fucking SAT exam. Just enjoy sex. I'll leave it at that. So, <clears throat> this one's not too much of a biggie, but... <clears throat> Because it's a very short, simple thing. Aftercare. Some of you guys are going to be like, shut the fuck up. After I bust, the bitch can get out of my house, call her own Uber, um, or she could stay in the sofa, or don't even fucking cuddle me, just turn away, fine, whatever. But if you are having intimate, and I'll say this, if, there's a difference between sexual relations and intimate relationships. There's massively different, and I remember this woman that I dated, she even called me out because she had listened to my podcast. She says, so am I a woman that you sleep with or am I a woman that you have sex with? And I said, if I had had sex with you and you didn't spend the night, you're a woman that I sleep with. If I had sex with you and I took you home or I made you call your Uber, 
I would never sleep with you. I, I don't, I have no desire to sleep with you. And that's, and I think that's just kind of my own standard of there are women that I have sex with. And more often than not, if I have sex with a woman, it's majority of the time at her place or in the truck or in the car. I don't give a fuck. Make it cinematic. I don't care. Get in, get off, get out. But a woman that I sleep with means that I actually enjoy waking up next to her. And some people follow it. Some people don't. I've read the five love language. But one of my biggest things is physical touch. I'm not a big fan of strip clubs because if you touch me or if I let you touch me, it's going to make me like you. I don't like people touching me. It's just something I, I just don't fucking touch me unless I've given you permission. So the women that I sleep with... It's that physical touch, the presence of just being there that I give you permission to coddle me, to cuddle me. Like, that's just, that's just my thing. Fine, whatever. So, aftercare, and I've heard this from one of my previous partners. Aftercare God, man, this is fucking hilarious. So, aftercare is just you spend all this time trying to be inside this woman. You get in, you get off, and then you try to hurry up and get out. Everybody who's listening to this podcast has watched porn once or twice. If they haven't, they probably watched Skinamax or anything. You spend all this time sexing somebody, and the minute you get off, you roll over and put your underwear on. Or you bust... Pull out, you bust all over her chest or her back or her ass or her stomach, whatever. And then you hurry off to go to the bathroom and get a towel. Aftercare is actually before care. And, and let me try to go into this. So what I've learned is, and I'm, I'm a very, I'm very weird so what I learned was, because uh, most of the women that I've been with, they've been on birth control at one point. There was only one person that I've been with that was never on birth control. Um, so that's where I learned a lot of aftercare stuff. So aftercare is you pull out, you bust, you go to the bathroom, get a towel so she can wipe it off. I've learned there was this one time where I had busted and... I didn't even, like, I was just so tired that I just laid down in my bed. It was filled with sweat and baby juices and sexual sauces, everything you could possibly think of. She was escorted too. And I was just so tired. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'll wash the, I'll wash the sheets tomorrow. So I laid down. I wake up. I go to work. And it's like five o'clock in the morning. I come back to the apartment and she's still naked. And my sexual sauces or our sexual sauces are all over the fucking bed. And she's butt ass naked. And I remember laying down and she's like, Hey, you didn't get a towel from last night. I'm like, I don't care. She's like, that's okay. I just got really annoyed that you kept on trying to clean up afterwards. It doesn't matter. She even cleaned the fucking sheets. 
because that's all she wanted. Aftercare is just reminiscing into the moment. I didn't put on my underwear. I didn't try to hurry up and, you know, go get water. I did. It was actually before care. I had water. I... I had water and I think I had like a dirty t-shirt or something that I was going to use and I kind of had it there and I just, I was so tired afterwards that I completely forgot about it. Um, I had water. I think I had some alcohol too because we were drinking that night. And I remember after busting, I was just like, I really, I was just so tired and sweaty and relieved and relaxed that I just said, you know what, fuck it, I'll wash the sheets later. I'm like, we literally have like our sexual sauces all over the fucking bed and the atmosphere and the ambiance. I just don't give a shit anymore. And she was laid there, butt naked, out, come back, cooked breakfast and washed the fucking sheets. And I'm like, that's all women want. If you, the, the after, I'm, I really, like, you have to know your woman. Like, is she a one-night stand or is she a fuck buddy or anything like that? If she's spending, if she's the one who's going to be spending the night, aftercare is before care. Just lay in your sexual sauces. That's all I got to say. Just fuck it. Have her, sh- you do that and give her an orgasm after you make her climax. She will make breakfast and she will clean the sheets. She don't give a fuck. But just lay there naked. Don't try to rush to put on your underwear. Because the, the same thing that I, I've, the same thing that always bothered me is if a woman's naked in my bed is when they try to cover themselves up with a sheet. Bitch, I've just been inside you. I've just titty fucked you. I've just explored your body 360 inside and out. Do not cover up your titties. It's not fucking cold. It's hot as shit. So shut up. That same thing I realized in before care, after care was. Just reminisce in the moment. Don't rush it. It could be five minutes. It could be ten minutes. Just talk to each other. Whatever. Just reminisce in the moment. That's it. All right. Or don't. You know, aftercare is up to you. But that's how you avoid awkward sex. The last one is going to be asserting your dominance. Now... Sometimes some men who are not sexually experienced, they've not had any kind of exhibition relationships or they just haven't had a lot of women in general um, or they are virgins and they're literally with the only woman they've ever been with. So, and I'll tell you this, at one point things will get mundane because she probably had at least one, two, three more partners than you. That's fine. However, you as a man need to be, you need to have, you need to know Kama Sutra. You need to be willing to open up your, your sensuality. One of the things that we need to address is dominance. And dominance is you knowing that you're in charge in the bedroom. Now, when a woman gives up her control or her authority, I don't give a fuck if she's an alpha woman or a masculine woman. She's a high-performance executive, makes more money than me. I don't give a fuck. She could be a barista. Still going to fuck them all the same. There is no difference. And I've learned this in the past. I think it was my second submissive. Yeah, the first night was just very awkward sex. I have no idea what I said or how I did it that she convinced me to fuck her again. And it was the best sex, some of the best sex I've ever had. 
Um, but the first night was awkward. So the second one was redemption. Like I had to show up. And she was also a Brett. Let me let me phrase that. So the archetype, the Brett and BDSM means she physically acts up and psychologically acts up. So me as a dominant, I can put in her place. She wants me to put in her place. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know much about archetypes like the cuckold or the, the sadist, the masochist, the caretaker or the, the baby taker or baby caretaker. I didn't know much about that. So once I had done my research, because it, it like when I had first started this BDSM lifestyle, all I knew was just bondage, discipline, uh, dominance, and submission. I didn't know much about sadism or masochism. And now my second submissive was a bit of a masochist. She wanted me to hurt her. She wanted me to punish her. So she would act out. So during sex, I would punish, like physically punish her. Like if someone were walking to that room, they would probably call the cops. Like to, that's the level of intensity that she wants. All right, fine. But it was all consensual. So... What I had learned that second time that she gave me a chance for redemption is I need to be in charge at all times. And I'll tell you this, and she'll vouch for it. I would text her, I'm coming over to her apartment. I want you in your underwear, no top on. I want the blindfold on the desk. I want the rope and the necktie on the chair. And you're gonna be kneeling away from the door, away from me, looking in the corner, and wait for me. She would do that. I would walk, like, and the door was unlocked. She's literally waiting. It could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 5 minutes, 30 minutes. I would walk up. She would wait there. I would put the music on. I would get ready, and I would blindfold her or keep her not blindfolded, tie her up, chest harness, waist harness, whatever, do my thing, Get in, get off, get out, go party, then come back, do it again, and then leave. It was very pristine. And she did that. And she knew, and the thing is, is that when I was doing this, I wasn't sleeping with multiple women. Was I talking to multiple women? Yes, but I wasn't sleeping with multiple women. Um, so that was, that was the only difference. Um, but I remember she would just stalk me at the fucking clubs and shit like that. I remember I was giving my card to the lady at the front she's giving me the wristband door opens i look to my left and she's right there like 20 minutes ago we were doing like some of the most sadistic masochistic shit you could ever think and she literally went home or she left she never came i don't know what the, or maybe she stayed i can't remember um but i remember she texted me she's like shit i shouldn't have been there i was like no you shouldn't have and then you know did did the dirty thing again so Asserting your dominance is making her relinquish authority and control of her decisions. That's all it is. Now, you can choke a woman, and a lot of guys' mistakes is when they choke a woman, they try to attack the trachea. Don't attack the trachea. Just like a rear naked choke, you want to make sure that you take a C-grip. You don't want it aggressive in the trachea, but pinch your thumb and pinch your uh, middle finger together. That sensation, because you're not attacking the trachea, you're just pinching the side of your hand, and that is a proper way to choke someone or choke your woman. And all you're doing is slowing the oxygen levels to her brain. And you could tell. Some, and 
the way to be able to consensually do this, and I'd say choking is a really good way to assert your dominance, but the way you can have her tell you more or less is harder and softer. Easy, easy way, and that's a little bit of dirty talk too. I'm like, when you choke her, you tell her harder or softer, and she'll go harder, and you go harder, and softer, and softer, and, and then you could communicate and do your thing in and out of there. Mm. But, and this is, I've been waiting for this. This is the bit. The way to assert your dominance is make a woman beg for your snuggle sausage. You know what I'm talking about. You want to make her beg for it. You spend all this time, money, effort, all this courting, being a gentleman, opening the door, closing the door, holding the door open for her, carrying her bag, paying for dates, taking her out, buying her drinks. You spend all this fucking time and you finally get to the point where you can smash. You better not treat her like a fucking princess, even though she may or may not had a lot of partners. You treat every woman in the bedroom as a slut. You make them your slut. And the way to do this is to tease her, to assert your dominance. Women are in control of sex 100% of the time. If they are not in control, it's called rape. Just be simple. Just, yes. However, 100% of the time, women are in control. The minute she gives up that power, the minute that she lets you smash, you don't treat her like a princess. I don't give a fuck if she's a virgin or if she's had a 500 body count. You treat every woman in the bedroom that gives it up to you, you smash her like a slut. Make her beg for it. You do all this shit, courting, whatever. And the easiest way to do this, it's kind of like... When a woman gives you over-the-pants hand job and she gives you blue balls, right? She's like arousing you, arousing you, stimulating the shaft. She doesn't really have it, but she's just arousing, arousing your, your cum gun. And you're like, damn, like I want to be inside this woman, but she's just like pretty much just caressing my dick over my pants. And, you know, now I got a splooge there. I got a stain. I got an oyster in my pants. What the fuck? When you assert your dominance, the way you're going to do it is you take off her panties and when you finger her, and I think it's very important for you to understand, when you finger her, as you enter, when you do the come here motion and you kind of have a hook there, that bit part in the back, it's like a little cushiony pillow, I would like to call it in the woman's uh, vagina, that is her G-spot. And then, of course, the clit, it's not that hard to find. It's right there. It looks like a little bean. What you're going to do is, over the vagina, take down her panties, whatever. Do your foreplay. You assert your dominance by making her beg for it. You finger her. You do the come here motion, right? You, with, I will say this. I think it's, it's another, I think it's a really important technique that I think it's commonly overlooked. Some women are overly sensitive in the clitoris and they don't really like it. So when you're fingering a woman or when you're rubbing your fingers over a woman's clitoris, 
you tell her faster, slower, softer, harder. Just tell her those are the four things I want you to tell me while you're stimulating her clitoris or if you're fingering her. At least that way, you know exactly what she's looking for and based on a woman's sensitivity because some, some women get more lubricated than others or aroused than others. They get super wet. Some women are super dry even though they are aroused to the fucking max. Same thing goes where some women are overly sensitive in the clit and they don't like it. Other women, vice versa. It's all the same. Faster, slower, softer, harder. That's the way to figure out how to finger a woman. That's what you tell her to tell you. Cool. However, when it gets to the point where you're going to take out your love gun, your sex pistol, you need to be able to tease her by stroking her vagina with just the shaft. And obviously your finger is not as delicate as your, your prints downstairs. So you can stimulate that all, all night long. And the fact that you're going to be stimulating back and forth and up and down you're gonna put the tip in and when you put the tip in you pull it out and then you do the same thing just stimulate your shaft right on her clit and she's gonna say in or she's gonna say fuck me and you tell her no no i want you to beg for it i want you to tell me please i'm like you want me to fuck you you grab her by the throat you tell her tell me to tell you to fuck you Tell me that you want me inside you. You fucking grab her by the throat, right? You fucking assert your dominance. Beg for it. Make her say pretty please. Call you sir. Call you master. Call you Bobby. Call you daddy. Tell her to tell you that she is daddy's little slut. That's how you assert your dominance. And then when she begs for it, she says pretty please. And you finally give it to her. And you go in. Then you go ham. That's how you assert your dominance. Because, again, you've dealt with all this fucking bullshit of courtship and dating and texting and all this fucking shit. The best thing you could possibly do is let her know, like, I came here to have fun and to play dirty. I didn't come here to play nice. And that's the way you do it. So, to wrap up things for this segment, to avoid awkward sex and not get ghosted after sex, you need to ensure... That first one, don't bust too quick. Second one is ensure, again, ensure that you're saying something, doing something, moaning, groaning, grunting, anything. If you don't even want to dirty talk, just don't be a nose breather. Third one is aftercare, which is before care. Reminisce into your sexual sauces. And the fourth one is assert your dominance, make her beg for it. And that's all I got for you in today's segment. So hopefully you got a lot out of this. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, make sure you hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Rumble. Make sure you follow me on Rumble. I did want to let you know that I am working on my new ebook. It's going to come out on Amazon KDP or Amazon. It's called Switching Things Up, The Kinky Solution to Saving Your Relationship. So if you've been in... I'll say a relationship longer than a year, uh, girlfriend, uh, fiance, spouse. Uh, this is going to be uh, geared to BDSM, becoming a dominant, just stuff that I think it's very important for men to be able to explore. 
in terms of a woman's sexual sensuality and their sensuality and their role play if they want to do the businessman and she's the escort role play fine fuck it do it but you have to know how to be able to introduce to it appropriately so make sure you stay tuned i will start an email list still working on that and guys make sure you exercise with caution exercise with care stay tuned and take care till next time